0: Hey, would you join me in a word of prayer for a moment? Heavenly Father, it's a kind of a surreal idea that, uh, that the blood of Jesus would mean so much to us. It completely makes possible peace with you. It completely makes possible our justification, our total uh, redemption and we thank you for that, that it doesn't, it's not dependent upon goodness in us. It's not dependent upon our own effort to, to please you, to do good. It's just a gift, and we're, it's overwhelming. And uh, we just ask today that Jesus himself, his spirit, would speak to us personally as it relates to habits in our life and that your spirit would prompt us if there's a habit we need to consider that might actually have a domino effect in our whole life. Show us what that is today. And uh, we say as a group of uh, adventurers, a group of f- faithful people, we say, speak, Lord, your servant listens. If, if, you, if, that, can, if that resonates with you, I just challenge you this morning to say, speak, Lord, your servant listens speak speak to us you tell us uh maybe what we need to know what we need to rest in today um, and what we need to consider adding to our routine and taking away from a routine that might not be moving us forward like we'd like in jesus name amen as you're seated reach over to your neighbor and say it's good to be with you, neighbor hey could you move towards the center Yeah, make certain there's space for other people to come in. If you've got an extra seat, move towards the center just so everyone gets a chance to come in and get a seat. We're in our third week of our series on habits, habits that we uh, are making or breaking. And I like what Mark Twain says about habits. Nothing so needs reforming as other people's habits. Amen. Can I have an amen on that one? Yeah, they need to change, don't they? (laughs) Uh, I, I heard about one gal's habit. A, a mother came to a doctor and said, my daughter is is binging on yeast and car wax every day. She, it's all she eats all day. She binges on yeast and car wax every day. What do you say? What's going to happen? The doctor said, I'm not sure, but someday she is going to rise and shine. <laughs> Habits have an impact on us, don't they? <laughs> Habits, it's... And, and the idea is that, hey, uh, I'm, I'm a master of my own fate, I, I've got this, but you would be surprised how many habits are embedded in what neurologists call your basal ganglia and that you just do without thinking. For example, what's the first thing you did when you got up this morning? Some of you maybe reached for a phone, some of you made your bed, some of you went to breakfast, started the coffee. Went to get a donut and there were none. Anyone experienced that? <laughs> it's a. Ha- did you tie your the knot on your left shoe or your right shoe first? How many know what shoe you start with? Anybody? That's detail. If you got it, wow. Uh, you which route did you take to get here? Was it the same route you normally take, or was it a different route? When you get to work tomorrow, what's the first thing you're going to do? <laughs> Reconsider. <laughs> <laughs> when you get to work tomorrow, will you check your email first? Will you start talking first with a colleague that talks too much? No will you what are you going to do first thing it's a routine it's a habit it's embedded in you. You think that it's a choice, but actually neurologists say forty percent of everything you do is based on a habit. Your life is the just the um, the total of habits. And so today, we're going to look at a couple habits, but we're going to be specific. We're going to look at habits that are extant or observable in the life of Jesus. I like what Andy Stanley says about habits. Everyone ends up somewhere in life. A few people end up somewhere on purpose. What if there is a habit that you could start integrating into your life that actually would make a huge difference? For example, you could... Move today, make a decision, and become a vegan. Okay, they say vegans actually live seven years longer than the than anybody else. Seven totally boring years. Doesn't that sound fun? <laughs> yeah, you could make that change. Yeah, enjoy. <laughs> yeah, and it's, I don't know if it's always true either. Yeah, there's exceptions, but but what if there's a habit you could make today that would really move things forward for you. And here's the deal. Why, do you, why would you choose a habit? Why choose a habit? Uh, I, let me tell you a habit I do. I do this every day, except on Saturdays if my wife wants to go to DeVere's and have some of their bacon. It's amazing. But every day, I do the same thing. I, I put this mixer on the scale. I put it at zero. And I know this looks gross. It's not. And I put... Uh, Eight ounces of fahe yogurt in there, plink, every day. I weigh it. Sometimes I do a little less than eight. I try not to go over. Then I put six ounces of frozen fruit in here. Yeah, that's my fruit for the day. That's my carb for the day. Whoopee. And then I put water in there so it mixes well. I put it on the mixer. It's kind of cool. I don't have to power it up for you here. It takes me probably four or five minutes every day. And I pour it. I like it in a glass. And then I take, This is my, these are my fries, potato chips, or bread every day. Really. Then I take steel-cut oats or winoa, Those are the top two grains that have the least impact on your blood sugar. And, I, and I, uh, I don't have type 2 diabetes, but I could have 30 pounds away. Oh, it'd be easy. I'd got that. And I just pour the steel-cuts out, and I give myself, forgive the gluttony, one ounce put it in. It's about one ounce is probably about half of that. It's like three tablespoons. And then, I, and then I enjoy it slowly. Yes, 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 yes. And then, oh, I'm running late. And rush off. How many of you have a routine like that? Yeah, some sort of routine you do all the time. And so here's what studies show is if you, ha- if you eat in the morning, you're, less, you're more than likely to keep a steady diet throughout the day. I notice if I miss this, I'm like, oh, I'm going to go lean today. I'll skip this, maybe go light on dinner, and then come dinner time, I'm angry. I want to do something bad, and so I overeat. Right, but if you get that habit into your regular routine, it doesn't have to be you know what I'm doing, but uh, it will make a difference in your regular routine. And I bring this, ru- this, this word routine up because. Really, a new habit is all about simply replacing a routine. It's a new routine. Let me tell you the story I read about. It comes from a gal named Lisa, whom MIT neurologists did a study on because they couldn't figure out how she was able to turn her addictive smoking habit and binge eating habit into something totally new. And they studied her. She was a fascinating case study for them. And what they discovered is that Uh, When she, after her husband, at age 35, left her for a younger gal, and uh, she was spying on them and knocking on their door. She was so angry, understandably. And she started binge eating and drinking and smoking to try to deal with her pain. And she had just a little bit more money on her credit card, so she spent it and went to Cairo, Egypt, where she was near the Sphinx and the uh, pyramid in Giza, or at Giza, and while she was there, she thought, you know what I'd like to do? I'd, I, I need something in my life that I can actually, maybe you can even put this word in. I need something in my life. My husband left me. I hate his girlfriend. I can't control what I'm eating. I can't control my smoking habit. I need something in my life that I can, can anyone think what she wanted? Something I can control. One thing in my life I can control She got up that night. She still had jet lag. Middle of the night, it was dark in her hotel room. She tried to light up a marble, and it wasn't a marble. It actually was a pen that she had in her room. Started stinking up the whole room. She thought something crazy was going on. No, you were just trying to light a a big pen. And she got into a taxi the next day, was on a tour, and saw the Sphinx. And she said, you know what I'd like to do? I'd like to come back here and really tour this area. I'd like to come back here and, and really Spend some time here. I'd even like to maybe do some running here. That was just her vision. That was, I need a goal. I need a goal, is what she was saying to herself. Something I control. A goal that I might be able to control. And what she realized is if I start running, she started running half marathons, I can't smoke. It's just awkward. Smoking, you know, through, the, through a half marathon, it's just hard. <laughs> I mean, you can get maybe half and light up, but once you get to about mile 10, it just gets to be a little ridiculous, right? And so she said that she she had such a vision, such a grander vision, a grander goal, that she was willing to replace her old routine of lighten up with a new routine that would help her experience this grander vision. How do you change a habit? Sometimes it takes suffering and pain. Sometimes you have to have the threat of high blood pressure, the threat of of uh, uh, chronic heart disease uh, caused by high blood pressure or by um, high, you know, what do they call that? Ar- corroded arteries, or you're you're headed towards type two diabetes, or you have pain in your life through some sort of family turmoil or trauma, and it just gets your attention. Okay, that's unfortunate, but sometimes we require suffering or pain to get our attention. We just do. If you don't, if you hadn't figured that one out. You will shortly. Not today, hopefully. But the other, I think, more exciting hope-bringing reason to replace a routine is a grander vision of your life. (laughs) A grander vision of your life uh, that you would be willing to completely flop your whole routine for. And I realize some, there may be some of you here that are like, you know what, um, I'm, I'm too old for this kind of stuff. You're talking about running. That's, that ain't going to happen. And I do agree. Honestly, people that run are a little weird. I really think you're weird if you run. <laughs> really. And I'm, I'm a runner. Weird. You're weird. You're weird. I was with my running friends the other day. I said, you know what we all have in common? I'm like, aren't we all kind of weird? They're like, yeah, we, are, we really are. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, right, walk fast. We'll talk about walking a little bit. But one of, my, one of my friends whom I've gotten to know the last couple of years told me, he said, you know what happens, Scott? That adults, when they hit about 60, they stop exercising. They just stop. And he said, my most productive years of my career were from age 65 to 75. You know who that is? It's Bryce Jessup, whose dad founded William Jessup University. He said a lot of people just stop. And I wonder if one reason we stop is we just give up hope, really. We don't have a grander vision, or we're not suffering in such a way to help us make a change. Maybe we can medicate ourselves away from having to make any life changes. Um, but I wonder if there's a new routine for you to, uh, to make a, a life change. <clears throat> Maybe there's something for you. Thank you. Thank you. Aren't you lovely, okay? That's my wife. <clears throat> Here's a little context on habits. Maybe you read these with me. God's law of habits. Here we go. Uh, I'll ask you to read the bolded print. Do not be deceived, God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. Sounds kind of harsh, but it's what he's saying. Whoever sows to please the spirit. From the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. God's help with habits. For the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live and lives in this present age. God's help with habits. How does God help with habits? By the... So the same grace of God that offers us justification, redemption, absorption of all of our sins because of the substitutionary death of Christ is the same grace that helps us change, that increases our willpower. The same grace that justifies is the same grace that empowers us to do what we don't want to do. How many of you have something right now you don't want to do? We're talking about habits, and you're like, I don't want to do it. I don't like it. I wish I didn't come this morning. Where are the donuts? Anyone feeling that way? (laughs) Right? Yeah, yeah, we got one. out. Yeah. I know. They took those donuts from us. Cruel people around here. All right. Here's God's example of habits. and Jesus, in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. Jesus grew. This word we'll talk about in a couple weeks. It means to cut a path, to advance, to beat a path. He kept getting better in these areas. Wisdom, IQ, stature, uh, PQ, and in favor with God and man. That's health. The question I want to answer this morning is what habit system did Jesus employ? And I'm just going to have time this morning to focus on his physical discipline. Give you a couple examples of some people that have replaced Bad routines with new routines. And see if maybe the Spirit will speak to you this morning. If any of you are here and you're like, wow, he's talking to me. Does he know I'm struggling with this? I don't. It just happened to to fall on that for you today. But I would ask you one thing. If you get a prompting like, I need to start this. Write it down today. Start today. Don't put it off. Habits are that way. you got to start immediately. You have to start today. Whatever it is. How many of you are like, not going to do it? You don't... Listen... You don't have to share it with anybody, but while I'm sharing stuff with you, you may get a prompting like, I need to do that. Don't just say, I need to do that. Write it down and say, today I'm going to. Okay? Maybe I'll help you throughout the message, do that. Number one, this is the only point we're making today. Like Jesus, grow in the habit of health, PQ, the health habit. Look at how one of Jesus' most prolific writing co-workers described the value of our body. May God himself, and help me with the bolded print, may God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you. That means set you apart. Set you apart through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and... Wow. Let me just pause there. In God's eyes, your body is, for the men, handsome to him. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. And ladies, your body is lovely to him. Beautiful. Your bodies, our bodies are lovely in God's eyes. Lovely. Be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So what is it that God wants blameless in our lives? He wants our whole spirit, our soul, and to be kept blameless at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. He cares about our soul, our spirit, and our body. Now let's talk about a little bit about the world Jesus grew up in. Number one, his world was kosher, so he did have some advantages on, you know, staying away from high saturated fats. Uh, he he worked in a field in a in a job as a as a craftsman that meant, uh, and as the oldest son, where he was probably providing for his own family. It looks like his father Joseph died prematurely. And so he had to work hard to provide for his five brothers and his sisters, at least two. That's seven kids plus his mom. He was working. He was full-time. But he lived in a culture that if you didn't work, you didn't eat. So a little, little extra incentive. Finally, he, he traveled. He was what they call a, 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 a pediope. He walked and taught. There's a special word for it. Look at his travels. Check this out. Nazareth to Cana, 12 miles. Uh, Cana to Capernaum, 18 miles. This is all around the Sea of Galilee. Capernaum to Bethsaida, 12 miles. Down to Jerusalem, 120 miles. Anybody going to Tahoe soon? Anybody? Anybody going to Tahoe? What about walking? Just do something fun. (laughs) Just switch it up a little bit. As a family, wouldn't that be fun? Hey, kids, we're walking like Jesus did. We're taking the month of September to do it. Yeah. Have <laughs> you heard of the Donner family? <laughs> yeah. And then lastly, Cicerita Philippi to Mount Hermon, 50 miles. He walked all the time. He walked all the time. Now, I realize he had to walk. He didn't have access to Uber or, or you know, want, f- want, to f- want to get away, Southwest Airlines. But he walked all the time. Do you think that was just because that was the only method of transportation? Yes. But what else was he doing? In fact, one thing we'll notice about Jesus is that we only have 9% of his whole life on paper. 9%. What was he doing the other 91% of the time? I would say, in part, building habits that would prepare him for the most important day of his life or the last three years of his life. Habits, routines. Here's a few other ones. He was a faster. That means he would deny his body... Uh, what it desired and needed for a season, sometimes 40 days, one time 40 days, as I recall without water, as I recall without water in the narrative, which is possible, brutal. Uh, I guess if you're going without food for 40 days, what's water? I mean, I don't know, couldn't tell you. But what they say about fasting is that when, when I go without a pleasure of food for a day, and I recommend a noon to noon, like a Tuesday noon through a Wednesday noon, what I find out is what's really going on in my heart, my flesh. I find that I get a little irritable. Um, I get a little angry. I fear abandonment. Issues that I have, uh, they come to surface when I fast. Um, And Jesus made it a constant habit. Body, PQ, you can beat your mind. I think this is harder to beat than this. If you can beat this and get control of your mind, do what Paul taught, take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ, sheer ahead. That's, that's a great place to be. You're, you're tracking. This is, hard, this is easier to beat than this. But I start here, I beat this so I can beat this. And if I can beat this, I can really own, own my heart. Up. Uh, Jesus' rhythm was kind of unique, too. I'll talk about Mandela here in a moment. But Jesus' rhythm was he always took a day off. He, he still served people on his day off. Uh, he was accused of actually breaking the Sabbath for that reason, because he would heal people on the Sabbath. But he always went to synagogue. It was his habit. And worshipped and uh, spent time with people. But he took a day off. Moreover, and I share this with folks that struggle to take a day off, um, there were 13 Jewish holidays that he honored throughout the year as well. And so he took time to be off, to be with others, and he spent a lot of time also by himself. For any of you that need that, his rhythm every morning, he would get up before it was before the sun came up to spend time alone with the father. He had his time, his quiet space. We call it giving Jesus your first 15 of every day, giving him five minutes of thanks, five minutes of scripture reading, five minutes of worship. We think it's critical. I was intrigued by Nelson Mandela, who spent 30 years in prison. Is that not just crazy? And I wondered, what did he do while he was in prison? How did he, what was his rhythm? He had a rhythm. Here it is. He says, Mandela says, I attempted to follow my old boxing routine of doing road work and muscle building from Monday through Thursday and then resting for the next three days. On Monday through Thursday, I would do stationary running in my cell in the morning for up to 45 minutes. Stationary running, no treadmill. I would also perform 100 fingertip push-ups. 200 sit-ups. How many are done at 20 normally? (laughs) It's like, that's good, I'm good. 50 deep knee bends. That actually could be the most painful, and various calisthenics from his from the book "Long Walk to Freedom." You know, the deal is, is that I think all of us, to some degree or another, get in a prison cell in some regard. Maybe it's some sort of this routine of you know overeating or overdrinking or overworking, some sort of routine that's that's hurting us. Uh, maybe it's just a mental perspective, frame of mind that's out of control, that kind of is hopeless. I think if you can start beating this, whether it's through fasting or exercise of some sort, you got a shot at beating this. And when you beat this, it's awesome. It really is. You know that guy, Bryce Jessup, I was telling you about, he's, he's 82 years old. He just climbed uh, Dome of the Rock, Yosemite, for the last time recently. I think he's, like, done with that. He gets up on top, you can see it on Facebook, and he does a handstand in his early 80s once he gets there. Yeah. Uh, but the thing is that he's not idolatrous about fitness. He just thinks, I've just got one body. I've got to take care of it. That's his language. Reminds me of what this African bishop said. To fell there's his prison cell, one of them. Reminds me of what this African bishop said, we have one body to do the will of God, just one. You just have one. And God loves your body. He wants it to please him. Here's the challenge. The challenge today is to grow in the habit of health. And I say this, train the one and only body you have in this life to do the will of God. The goal is not so to, be, to look good so others will think you look good. It's really not. Although it's nice to hear, oh, you look great. Thank you. You could look great and have and be very unhealthy. You really can. It's hard to imagine, but you can. The goal is obedience. I know this is true because Jesus said it was. This is Jesus commenting on a verse that was a prophecy about what he would do with his own body. Sounds a little confusing. He's commenting on a verse, or this is a verse about what Jesus would do with his own body. He says this, sacrifice an offering you did not desire. No more Levitical priesthood of sacrificing animals like they did back in the gross days. But a body you prepared for me. With burnt offerings and sin offerings, you were not pleased. Then I said, Here I am. It is written about me in the scroll. I've come to do your will, my God. So so his father didn't want sacrifices. His father gave Jesus a body in which to do his will. In the same way he's given us a body to do his will. Are you maximizing right now, does your body allow you to do God's will? Is there anything in your way with your body that's keeping you from doing God's will? You know, we can, we can actually put ourselves in a position where we're not able to do God's will because of our body. We're allowing it to control us. We're called to master it by God's grace alone. We're going to stop there today. Let me ask you about your PQ a little bit today. How many of you are walkers? We have walkers in here? Walking is a great exercise. Runners? Runners in here? Okay, Bikers? Bikers? You guys, you're the crazy ones. Who bikers, man? How about swimmers? Yeah, you guys are amazing. Seriously, amazing. Mm -mm 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 -mm. Uh, How about how about uh, anybody weigh their food? Anybody weigh their food? Yeah, let's get together. Let's start a group. We'll all bring our scales. A lot of different options for you. Some of you might be real turned off by exercise at all. I, Walking or running doesn't work for you. How about walking in a pool? Sometimes that can really be useful to you. I wonder if there's one... How, about get, how many of you get on a scale at least once a week? Anybody? Okay. How many do it every day? Okay. How many try not to do it at all? Okay. <laughs> yeah! So the question I'm asking today is, what routine, as it relates to your health, what new routine might really open doors for you, might really be a game changer for you? Just one new routine where you're giving your body to God in obedience. I don't know what it might be for you. Uh, For me, it's running. I enjoy it. Um, For me, it is watching my diet. Um, I think that uh, physical disciplines, for for young people, I think it's a great discipline with all the temptations that are out there to work hard. One of my young sons the other day, I said, uh, uh, he said, Dad, this week I'm going to swim 20 miles. I'm like, 20 miles? That's like 100 miles of running. He's like, yeah, I'm going to do it. So like day three, he had swum four miles. I'm like, how's it going? He's like, 20. I don't know if I can do 20. (laughs) It's a lot. But I think for young people, sports are a great way, great substitute replacement for some of the other temptations that are out there. Maybe the Spirit is prompting you in a specific area. I don't know what it is, but I know that if you'll replace an old routine with a new routine, because of a grander vision, a grander dream, that's the way to get to a new routine. I don't want you to have to have the doctor tell you, hey, if you don't change your routine, this is your future. That's no fun. You don't, you don't have to, unless you're type 2 diabetes, you may not necessarily have to take insulin every day. It's a choice. You have to choose to replace an old routine with a new one really is you're maybe the expectation of you at work is that you're more productive or that you're more engaged exercise will help do that so here's the challenge right now if the spirit's asking you to consider a new physical routine i challenge you right now to write it down somewhere write it down a next step a next step for you. Maybe today you're going to walk home. Or maybe you would consider that, except you live in Elk Grove. You've got to make the decision today. Don't just think about it. You've got to say, today I'm going to do this. Maybe today you do something weird and say, today, instead of walking my car out the front door, I'm going to walk out the front door, I'm going to walk all the way around the building. That'd be a big step for you. Why would you do that? Because... It opens the door for hope. If you can beat this, you can beat this. If you can beat this, you can, you can beat this. PQ, health, a new habit. We are, 40% of our lives are all habit. Replace an old habit with a new one. You've got just one body to do the will of God in. Give him your best. If you don't give him your, your best in this life, what life are you planning on giving him your best in? You got another one? Mm-mm, this is all we got. Let's do it, not so others, not not to join the idolatry craze in our culture. Let's do it so that the body we have can best obey Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's the good life. Let's pray together, Heavenly Father. Thanks for, thanks for your Son's example. The guy walked everywhere. Boy, if we could just practice a portion of that it would help us. But we're also so thankful that he didn't just prepare himself spiritually. He no doubt prepared himself physically for the day he would suffer the most barbaric execution. we grateful that he had the as a substitutionary death for our sins. We're so grateful that he had the physical well-being to be able to do that. And uh, we look to that event as the day he... Suffered so all of our sins could be wiped away and we could have peace with you. We thank you for his sacrifice. If you're here today and you've never made a decision to believe that what Jesus suffered on a Roman cross was a substitutionary death to cover all of your sins, so you didn't have to become good to approach God. Instead, God said, I love you how you are and I'll give you goodness. If you've never accepted jesus christ personally i invite you to today just simply by saying god i accept what jesus did on the cross for me and if that if that is where you're at i challenge you to pray that prayer just say god in heaven i accept what jesus christ did on the cross for me today If that was your prayer i would like to acknowledge it would you just raise your hand from where you're seated? And say, yeah, today's the day, several, one, two, wonderful. Anybody else? Praise the Lord. Anyone else? Saying, yeah, today. Lord, help us beat these bodies. They're treasured gifts. I pray, God, that anyone who's here that needed to hear, their body is fearfully made, it's wonderfully made, they're lovely, beautiful, and for the men, handsome fellas that you created. Help them own that. In Jesus' name, amen. As Dan comes up to facilitate the next part of our series, several of you raised your hand. On your way out, stop by the prayer room. They have a gift for you, or on your way out, there's an I-raise-my-hand table in the middle of the lobby. I have a gift for you I want you to get if you're in a